the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, this is episode 413. Uh, I'm Paul Spain, and my guest today is Spencer Owen. Welcome along, Spencer. Thank you, thank you very much. Glad, glad to be here. Now, um, maybe you can uh, tell listeners where you fit into this big, wide world of uh, uh, tech. Now, usually I say the, 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 the world of tech in New Zealand, but um, in, in your case, you're not usually based here, so uh, you might need a little bit more of an explanation. No, and, and even, even to describe the stuff I do is tech. You're you're probably only about forty years out of date there. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so as, as you could probably tell by the accent, I'm from the UK. So I've come over just just uh, really for the Maker Fair here in uh, New Zealand uh, and to to spread the good word about the retro computer stuff that I do. Yeah, fantastic. Good, good. Well, we'll look forward to diving in and, and talking a bit about retro tech uh, later on in the show. But uh, let, let let's jump into the the topics of the day. Um, now, first up, I. I spent some time um, with the folks from Solar City today, uh, who have launched what they're calling uh, their 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 product or their service that they're calling Solar Zero. Uh, now, their um, company that's been you know established in New Zealand for uh, quite a number of years now, and. Um, you know, selling their, um, you know, I guess sort of combination of, of uh, you know, bits and pieces together to provide a, um, you know, solar power solution uh, for homes and, and, and for businesses. Um, but with their uh, Solar Zero product, They've uh, they've really got a I guess a complete sort of end to end solution that a consumer doesn't have to pay anything for upfront. Um, and in fact, uh, let me just have a look at my notes. They used uh, they used a couple of uh, there were a couple of uh, uh, ways that they uh, they they described uh, their offering. Um, uh, one of them, one of them talked about it uh, as Netflix for the sun. I also heard sunshine as a service, uh, which I, I thought was uh, was a bit of fun. And of course, it's it, yeah, it's not quite reality. This isn't something where you can sign up to have uh, you know solar solar power. Uh, you know, just on demand at the at the at the drop of a hat, you are committing to a uh, a twenty year uh, program. But I, I just you know like the um, um, you know the combination and their their approach to a business model that will allow people within certain parts of New Zealand, and there are some parts that get more sun than others, so it's not going to be everywhere. Uh, get get hooked up with uh, with solar, and of course they told a sort of a big story around. You know the the impact of um, uh, you know carbon uh, emissions and and non renewable uh, energy and and you know what what impact that will have if it's not uh, if it's not addressed and and uh, you know what life might be like on the you know on the on the planet in another sort of you know fifty sixty uh, years or so um, so you know what they were talking about there look it makes a whole lot of sense for us to address the these issues. Um, and solar seems to be quite a uh, quite a good way to do it, but of course the usual the usual uh, equation is it's actually it's pretty hard to uh, to make that work as an individual. You go and put sort of solar panels on your roof and you know buy your batteries. Uh, it's it's probably going to take you a decade 
before you're sort of you know out the other side and you know actually benefiting from it, which is uh, yeah not necessarily an easy thing for people just to jump into. So um, their their approach is basically they they will own uh, everything. And uh, you commit to a plan, and it will it'll vary according to um, you know what hardware they need to install and so on, uh, and uh, based on how much power you're going to use. And I think the the, the base one starts at uh, eighty five dollars, and I think there's a hundred and five, hundred and twenty five, and maybe a hundred and forty five dollar uh, plan. Uh, but basically, in all these cases. Uh, they're they're talking about putting money back in your pocket, so you you know you're saving some money. You've got a smartphone app, so you can see what's going on. You have you know some level of, of control, but most of it will be sort of their AI will run it, um, and uh, yeah, you will uh, you'll be oh, you'll also be able to c- communicate uh, with it. Uh, through an Amazon Echo, so yeah, bit of bit of smart, uh, smart stuff there. Now, where where are you based in the in the UK? Are you somewhere that gets a bit of sun? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, Nottingham in the UK, and uh, yeah, both both weeks of summer we we get sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's not. It's not. It it's can't not, be that bad. You must no. get. You must get more than a couple of weeks of no, sun. No, no, th- things are things are actually pretty pretty good as far as that goes. And and uh, to be honest, even even when it's cold, uh, we still do get 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 sunshine. So yeah, yeah, the solar yeah. panels do work. Yeah. all year round. Just you get a few less hours. Yeah. in the winter. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 um, the yeah, I guess for me, the the thing here, if they have really got it. As as good as what they're saying, and it's going to cost you less. You'd have to imagine that a lot of people are likely to uh, sign, you know, sign up if you can. Um, and their their the example on their website is saying, you know, without solar, your electricity bill might be two hundred dollars a month. You sign up for Solar Zero. And you're looking at spending, say, um, $180 a month, including uh, their service fee. Yeah. So there's there's still an element of power, and they've got some power companies that uh, that, that that they partner up with. Also, you can be feeding uh, power back into uh, into the grid, and it seems on much better terms than what we've seen in the past. In, in New Zealand, at least, uh, it hasn't generally worked out that well to um, uh, to be putting power back into the grid. But they uh, they seem to have landed on something there. And in fact, for those who sign up at the SolarCity.co.nz website, uh, if it it turns out that uh, that you you maybe aren't under fit for uh, for getting the full service. You may still be able to draw in and access other people's um, solar solar energy um, rather than buying your power in the usual way. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the the interesting thing which 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 would be worth looking into is what what would those solar panels cost you to buy outright? But I mean, if you were to take out a load and pay that load back. How how would that work in comparison to their prices? Yeah, yeah, and I think um, that you know that's all, that's always an option, right? Yeah. They're trying to offer it as a sort of end to end easy easy service. Yes, you do hanging over your head have hanging over your head. You committed for twenty years, um, so that that's you know part of got what you got to weigh up. But they've got um, uh, Westpac on 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 board as a as a partner to who basically handle all the funding, the finance side of it. Uh, Panasonic who who provide a you know a large amount of the technology is you know especially on the uh, the, the battery side. Uh, so you know they they wrapped it up as a sort of an end-to-end solution and you know a few sort of things that came to mind for me well 
you know, at, at what point, if you commit it for 20 years, at what point do things get replaced? And so they've got varying uh, commitments. So I think, you know, they have to, uh, you have to get sort of, I think, 90% um, uh, out of your batteries, you know, compared to when they're new over the first, I think, 10 years. And then the next, it's uh, maybe yeah, eighty percent. And I'm and I haven't delved into their agreements. To I may have that slightly slightly off, but uh, you know, of course, batteries do deteriorate over time. So you know, at some point, they would swap the batteries out. Um, interesting point that I didn't realise is that uh, um, the lithium batteries that get uh, get used and and you know things uh, like you know what they've got here, and it's a big battery pack. Uh, an inverter and so on that attaches to the outside of your house, um, much like the Tesla Powerwall, I guess, in many ways, yeah. um, is that the batteries that get used in these things and in a bunch of other things actually sometimes have a life um, that's much longer than their initial use. So they, one of the guys I spoke to talk, talked about some batteries potentially having up to a 30-year uh, life with their uh, or three different lives um, depending on how they got, got used. So, for instance, uh, batteries that you might use in an electric vehicle, once they're no longer sort of, you know, good enough to really give you a, you know, re- reasonable, um, you know, journey in your electric vehicle, those come out and get could get, for instance, moved into, uh, you know, something like the, what Solar City are doing. And then when they're not, you know, providing enough for that, then they could get moved out and used in, a, in another use. Uh, and we've we've seen actually there's a, there's um, uh, some students who have started a uh, an e-cycle or e-bike uh, company that have been using recycled cells that have come out of old laptops and uh, uh, things like that. I've heard of batteries coming out of uh, defibrillators. So there's all these lithium batteries that uh, you know actually can get a, a lot more use, which is kind of good from an impact on the environment uh, perspective if they can you know be, be put to other uses and we're not you know filling up landfill and and so on uh, so fast and hopefully by the time we get not too far down the track we'll have some good battery recycling happening in New Zealand too yeah. so I, I, I know I know I know it's on the agenda for later but there, there was there was a guy at the maker fair which was which was recycling batteries out out of laptops and building the equivalent of a Tesla power wall. Oh right, um, okay. So, so there was one who was doing, yeah, trying to do something somewhat similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like a, a, a typical laptop battery pack, which might have say say twelve cells in it. If one of those cells goes, effectively, you've got a battery pack that doesn't last very long. Yes. So yeah, yeah well, once once you take it all apart, he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll test all of the individual cells, and yeah, you got ten really good ones, one okay one, one tough one. So yeah, those those can then be be reused elsewhere for things like things like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I, you know, I think it's good that we that we have a range of options available to people, uh, but certainly the simplicities that the simplicity that Solar City seem to be offering, and also, um, you know, one of the aspects is they commit to, uh, you know, a cost for your electricity. Uh, over that 20-year period. So, you know, we're used to inflation, right, impacting the cost of our electricity. So they're they're saying with that commitment, they will keep the price the same for 20 years, uh, which is is probably quite a nice thing, I I would imagine, and, you know, unless power prices start coming down. But we haven't seen much of that in New Zealand. Have you seen your power prices come down in the U.K.? 
No, it, it, well, <laughs> is, it, is it possible yeah. for that to come down? I know, I know generally the usage is supposed to be coming down because your TVs are more efficient now than what they were five years, ten years ago, etc. Mm. So, you know, you know, more efficient lighting. So, you know, because everything's getting more efficient, your bills should be getting lower, but then you end up getting more TVs or you're plugging your car into charge or whatever. So it does does have the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, one aspect I was, you know, curious about is because they were sort of talking about, you know, effectively their smarts figuring out, you know, when's the best time to be charging the batteries and, you know, would you just be able to go in and totally control that yourself? And because they're offering this as a service model, if they allowed you to do that, then you could, make the batteries you know wear out maybe quicker than they might otherwise so they do actually have sort of somewhat exclusive control over over uh, some of those elements but you know there are things that you can uh, that you you know can control I believe and they they work to you know work out when's the optimal time to be pulling power out of the grid to you know charge up your batteries and you know that happens in the early hours of the morning when there's there's not much demand on the power grid and so electricity is uh, is cheaper uh, and then uh, you know, then the, the you know the sun comes out during sort of normal sort of I guess you know day, daylight uh, hours, and uh, you know that that's the time when you don't need to draw on uh, the battery. In fact, you're probably you know filling the battery up if you've you've used it with your uh, you know, other other activities, and uh, uh, and then you'll you know I guess drain that into the evening and, until such time as maybe you need to. Uh, tap in further uh, to uh, you know back in back into the uh, the grid, um, and yeah, they also talked about you know during those 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 sunny hours you might also be uh, uh, you know take you know let's say you you filled up your batteries then some of that might be firing back into the grid as well. Uh, so that yeah. seems um, seems very cool. I mean, if if the equation is as as good as what they're uh, what what they're saying. Um, it, it certainly got me wondering. Well, I'm going to get a lower power bill. Uh, we're going to have solar installed on on the roof, uh, battery attached to my house, and there's there's you know I'm actually getting you know, I'm getting paid for uh, for taking that effectively by having lower power and the power staying at at, at those low prices for 20 years. It's um it's yeah. it's kind of hard not to not not to feel like it's worth investigating further, isn't it? Yeah. Does the New Zealand government do any kind of rebate on 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 putting your power back into the grid? Um, I don't know the sort of governmental aspects of of, of that that side of it. And traditionally in New Zealand, you you know you've sold it back at a very low rate, so it hasn't worked out very well. My understanding is that with the solar zero. Uh, product that they're going to be taking a somewhat different approach to what right. we've seen in the past. So, uh, you know, you potentially could be selling power back into the grid at a higher price than what you're paying for power when you need it uh, to charge your uh Battery. Yeah. Uh, if you're pulling it in during sort of off peak hours, and then you're you know you're selling it at more more peak hours. Yeah, because I, I know I know the UK government they they did have a, a system in place where they would actually pay you for what you generate. Um, mm. In addition, well, even if you used all of that power yourself, you still get paid by the government. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a feed-in tariff that was on the on the on the generous side as well. Right. Um, to but over, over the last few years, that's that's. Those rates have gone down and down, and they've actually cancelled that. I, th- I think it was earlier this year that 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 scheme came to an end. Right. right. So yeah. 
it, it was it was a good incentive for people five to ten years ago in the UK, but not not quite so much these days. Mm, mm. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, now on to uh, on to other um, other other topics, uh, and yeah, of course there was. Uh, the the um, the launch today, or actually not today, it's just in the, in the last few days. They sort of did a soft launch of um, Ola, which is uh, a competitor, um, or Ola. I don't know uh, what the correct pronunciation is. I probably should because it's a, a, a Spanish word, isn't it? Um, but uh, a competitor to Uber and offering a ride sharing service. Now we fired up the app um, earlier and had a little bit of a look, and uh, there seemed to be a you know a bunch of vehicles around. Uh, so from you know from that perspective, uh, they they seem to have got their uh, their, their foundations right. Uh, we have invited the um, the head head of country for uh, Ola in New Zealand to come on the show, uh, and it looks like that'll probably happen uh, some sometime over the next uh, next you know week or two or or three. Uh, just sort of fitting in scheduling wise, I think t- um, today was. Uh, was it was a little bit hectic to uh, to to make that fit, uh, so we'll be looking forward to you know gaining a, f- a few more uh, you know insights. But at the moment, their key differentiator seems to be with the drivers that they're taking a you know a smaller cut than uh, than Uber. But there are a few things that jumped jumped out to uh, to to me uh, were that they uh, they they do seem to be. Committed to fast international growth, and you know, I guess when we, when we look at uh, uh, some of the other uh, players that have that have been uh, around the place, you know, Lyft in the UK, uh, sorry, in the US, who you know, massive, and and in fact, the the model that Uber are on to some degree, um, you know, they sort of stole off off Lyft. Lyft, you know, I think you know, bet them uh, uh, or, or launch first with a sort of a, a, a low cost ride. Sharing, which is really where, where the whole market sort of evolved. I think where where Uber started was in these sort of high end black cars, and uh, really it's the, the sort of lower cost, like the uh, uh, yeah, like we see in New Zealand, basically the Uber X type model, where it's it's pretty low uh, low cost. Uh, so yeah, that's um, um, seem yeah seems to be. Um, a position here in New Zealand where we've only kind of got the low, lower cost uh, vehicles, and yeah, really no no one else from overseas has come into the New Zealand market. But I saw uh, in o- Australia, um, there's uh, I think uh, oh, which company was it? Might have been uh, Grab uh, out of Asia. Uh, that they they seem to have entered into the Australian market. Um, Ola seems to be in the Australian market, and when Ola are launching here in New Zealand, they're not just doing one city, which was sort of how Uber started, but they've launched straight into Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch. Uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm picking. They realise the more markets they can get into, if they can get a big enough uh, position, 
then uh, they they may end up, and in fact they're they're, uh, they're certainly on their way uh, to a huge valuation as a as a business. And I think it was you know Uber that uh, you know just uh, had, yeah, moved very very quickly through the tens of billions in their uh, uh, in their valuations to you know be sort of north of sixty billion um, by just expanding around the world very quickly. In many cases, I guess getting into all sorts of regulatory um, trouble. What are your thoughts on you know different players coming into the market and and just you know Uber uh, Uber in general? You've been travelling, so you, you obviously have yeah. some exposure to uh, to these different things. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm of two very different opinions. I mean, in, in a one way, I don't want just one company to own the entire market because you know if it, if it was Uber, then uh, yeah, we are totally beholden to them. So I would like it a lot more mixed up, so everyone gets a share of it. Yep. But at the same point, for me as as a consumer, yeah. So it's 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 my first time in New Zealand. I need to get from the airport to the hotel. I've got the Uber app. I know how it works. I want to use Uber because that that's what I know. Just yeah, but, but when I go to the states, I know I can use Uber. I know when I go elsewhere. So it's 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 a lot easier for me to to pick one and stick with it. Um, but at the same time. I would like it to be shared equally amongst them all. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I've, I brought up on their app, went went to have a look because there's a section in there that tells you uh, let, let you get the rate card. So I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. Let's click on rate card and see what the rate card is for uh, for New Zealand. And uh, so up it, up it came. There's a few troubles with the app to start with, but it uh, it sort of started working. So it's, it's got a thing that says select your city, but it's preset to Auckland because that's where I am now. Let's maybe try another one. I'll try Christchurch. Um, category, well, we've only got one vehicle category here, which is prime sedan. Um and oh, I'm getting a different result for Christchurch than I was getting for Auckland. So maybe that's something to do with where they were. Okay, so for Auckland, it basically wouldn't give me a rate card. It just says total fare, and then gives you a thing that hey, we're going to tell you the total fare before you take it, but it won't give you any breakdown. Um, but actually, it looks by choosing Christchurch, we can get we can get a little bit more uh, information. So it says Christchurch base fare dollar seventy five. Uh, distance uh, fee of dollar forty five per kilometer, and ride time charges of uh, zero point or forty cents basically per uh, per minute for a minimum fare of five dollars uh, ninety five, uh, and I think that their minimum fare for Auckland from just doing a little test uh, six dollars uh, six dollars fifty. So not you know too much. Uh, too much difference, uh, but when I clicked over, and next up in the list from uh, New Zealand is India, where it looks like it's in um, you know fifty or more locations. And the first one I chose uh, there, the minimum fare worked out about a dollar dollar thirty five New Zealand. So yeah, depending on uh, on where you are uh, in in India, um, you know different different fees. And in fact, actually, with that, I've just chosen now Calcutta, and it's got a whole lot of different vehicles available, which gives you, uh, um, you know, gives you a little little bit of a an idea from a micro. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that is. A mini, then the prime sedan, SUV, um, and a few other ones. And there's even a rental car um, option. So I'm not quite sure. Um, how that how that plays out? Drive drive yourself, uh, sort of rent a vehicle or something, maybe, um, or maybe oh, that might actually be with with a with a 
a driver. So um, I'm not quite sure how that, that pans out. Uh, but we've seen this with Grab and some of the others that they have a range of services in different, uh, uh, different markets. Uh, but even there in India, I'm seeing you know some of the places with their standard uh, service uh, that it's just on a fixed fee and they won't actually tell you what their pl- per uh, kilometre rate is, uh, etc. And there's some of them that have you know fixed fees to uh, to and from airports and the like. Um, so yeah, kind of uh, kind of interesting just to just to see what's uh, what's going on. And look, as as you say, they're. Uh, there's a nicety to knowing that there's some uh, some competition, and we haven't just you know given the entire uh, market to, to Uber. Um, now there was a time I was thinking, look, there's not really room for many players in this in this space. Um, but I've, I've, I'm maybe rethinking that a little bit because we've now got uh, you know three three players operating these types of services um, in in New Zealand, and. You know, I was thinking, wow, they've got a lot of cars on the road for a service that, that's just literally turned on. Um, how could that be? And well, I'm I'm figuring it's the fact that you can either have more than one app on your phone uh, as a as a driver, or or you can have more than one phone, right? So you've got some uh, some options. And uh, look, they've come into the market; they're offering drivers a bit more money in their pocket, so. Uh, if drivers can do this alongside the existing service, then uh, why wouldn't they? It probably does make sense for them to jump on board. Yeah, well, so I know I know from a friend of mine back in the UK who is, or he's he's been, he's been a taxi driver for quite a few years. He's he's signed up with Uber now. So when he gets up in the morning, he can see whether he's got any regular work with the taxi company that he's been with for years, or if not, sign on to Uber. Stuff comes up on Uber, and he does that. Uh, so I guess there's no reason why, yeah, you could have just signed on to two or three different things, so see what jobs come up first, accept those, and, you know, work, work for, for, for more than one or two, three or four companies at a time. Mm, mm. So, yeah, it is, um, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a developing area, and, uh, you know, I think we will see, we'll continue to see a lot more uh, going on in the, you know, in the world of uh, transport. Now, on to, uh, on to Make a Fair. Um, now you've been to these events before, right? Uh, yeah, in other yeah. parts of the world. And this was the first one uh, in Wellington. was was held over the weekend, and they, they were nice enough to um, uh, fly me down for uh, for a bit of a look. And uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I found it sort of you know fascinating. I wasn't wasn't quite sure what a you know a maker fair was, and you know, I guess it's all about the makers of all sorts of things from. Uh, um, you know, I guess you know any sort of hobbyist that makes stuff with with wool, uh, through to someone like yourself who's um, you know been been uh, making some retro tech. Yeah, oh, it was uh, the the definition of maker really does cover a really really broad spectrum. Um, so anyone that makes something by definition is a maker. Yeah, you know, be it if your material is you know wood, if it's wool, if it's metal, if it's electronics, if it's uh, yeah, there's there's all sorts of things that that that, that fall under the 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 maker banner. Um, so a maker fair is it's just this whole collection of people that. 
have made something that they want to show off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the uh, tagline for Maker Fair is the biggest show and tell in the world. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, there was some cool stuff being shown off, and of course, you know, last week on on the show, uh, we, we, you know, we, we we talked about the uh, the BB8, uh, which was which was there to to see, and I mean, there were all sorts. One thing that I um, I found interesting, um, and yeah, it was I mean, I, I yeah, I didn't quite know what what to expect, whether it was just individual makers or firms and so on, and it was a mix. Um, Company out of uh, out of Westport in the, in the South Island, uh, which you don't think of as sort of being a, a big uh, a big tech hub of New Zealand, but of course now we have uh, with the ultra fast broadband initiative, we've got fibre to you know so many um, you know corners of of, of the country uh, that look you know can be just as good as as anywhere for uh, for running uh, a business and uh, the company there who's making. Um, Oh, uh, what's the term? Um, not a 3D printer, a CNC machine, basically, um, which, which is for, uh, you know, basically you put wood into it and then it can, uh, you know, cut different things out of it. And, uh, you know, there's all, all oh, sorts yeah. of... Uh, was, was, that, was that DI ply? Was that the one you saw? Uh, no, I, well, I did see that as well. So the DI ply one was uh, a furniture sort of designer who was selling, you know, basically would, uh, you know, would sell his output and then you could take these sort of, you know, printed, not fully made up furniture, but you'd get all the bits and pieces and then uh, you can put them put them together and do the sanding and the other bits and pieces to make it really nice and, you know, paint them or, or you know, whatever you wanted to uh, wanted to do uh, with them, which, which was an interesting technique. And he was talking about licensing different people's furniture designs from around the world world and but he would have been using one of these types of machines a cnc machine yeah. uh to actually produce the output but that certainly got me thinking about the um you know one aspect of of the future which we're you know we're we're we're, we're always moving into uh you know when you when you think of um you know uh, i don't know having having a particular interest in different styles of furniture and so on you know in the in the future you know, um, you could basically license a design that someone's you know just come up with on the other side of the world. You pay them their 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 royalty fee, which is really what uh, DI Ply was talking about. Uh, you know, you 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 pay a fee, and then you get this output, and you can make it up yourself. And of course, there'll be variations on that. From hey, you know, you saw someone with a nice design in, in Germany yesterday. They shared online, and today you're walking into. A, uh, you know, a facility that's uh, that's run this through their you know CNC machine uh, and is producing the output for you to come and pick up, uh, you know, complete, and then some varying in po- points in between. Um, but the um, the uh, CNC machine, and I'm trying to remember the uh, the name of the company. I did put a uh, a video of this up on. Well, um, oh, actually, I think it was on uh, on on Twitter. Um. So I'll come back to the the name in a minute. But uh, what I found fascinating, um, and of course there are, there are you know open source designs even for these sorts of printers online. Uh, but what what I found fascinating was this machine was uh, was very, very accessible, shall we say, price wise uh, for what it was. I think. Um, 
$3,800 New Zealand dollars, and they've sold hundreds of these things in, in New Zealand already, and they're looking to export them uh, around the world. So it's, it, it seems to me uh, that, that the world is changing because I've seen some of these machines, and they can be they can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, basically. Yeah. Uh, so you know, to see one that you can buy for use in your you know in in, in your own um, you know home or you know where, wherever you want to put the jolly thing because uh, they're, they're noisy um, it's got, I think it's got a um, Makita uh, router you know tool attached to it that actually you know cuts the cuts the the design or whatever out of wood um, yeah it's, it's just pretty 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 impressive how uh, uh, how accessible that's now becoming a similar yeah. price to a uh, well, not the cheapest 3D printers because you can get those in the in the in the in the low hundreds, but uh, still very accessible. Yeah, I mean to, to consider what 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 we've been through in the in the last I don't know five to ten years of 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 a 3D printed becoming a lot more common. And it's like, oh, well, I've I've bought a new phone. I want to download a new stand for it, or I want to download a thing to print out. We are getting to that stage now where I want to download a new table. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a crazy idea compared with what we would have thought of ten years ago. But yeah, what? Why not? download a table yeah well I guess you know when I think about it I mean we've got a uh, you know we changed our studio around uh, recently and you know we've got a particular uh, um, you know sort of coffee table in there that you know we put some things on and then we've got the uh, the studio desk and yeah we were looking around for particular measurements and this and that and so on and uh, yeah look in the, in the future if we can have the exact specifications we want and uh, um, you know maybe you know if you've got a CNC machine then you know why not you know um, cut a sort of slightly shallower or a space for your mixer that we've got yeah. our audio mixer that sits on the on the desk so it's actually got its its sort of fixed position you know where where it, where it goes it's customized and you know we've got things like mic stands that uh, that plug in well you have the CNC machines that just make a hole in the desk yeah. for that uh, yeah so well, it's, 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 it's very cool a, a couple of years ago I, I, I bought a laser cutter um, so there, there was a, a particular use that I thought right I need, I need a laser cutter for this so that's, we all that, need that's, a laser that's, cutter that's what I'm going to use it for uh, but it turns out it's really handy for so many other things yeah and there's a yeah. lot of stuff where i want to make a box of this exact dimension yeah okay i've got a laser cutter there bosh 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 all done i've got exactly what i want without any hassle what are you able to cut with it uh it well it, it, it'll, it'll do it'll do wood or acrylic um i think it'll also do leather and a few other things as well mm, um mm. but it'll it'll go up to 12 millimeter plywood which which makes it quite quite useful. Yeah, that's very reasonable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What happens if that laser sort of points off in the wrong direction? How dangerous is that uh, laser? Well, th- th- there is a warning on it. Yeah, th- th- never looking, th- th- never looking into the uh, laser with your one good eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um, now, on the on the front of sort of you know other new uh, technologies that are you know, cha- changing the world. Uh, the, the the retail world is certainly changing, and I've you know picked up on uh, you know a number of news articles. Seven uh, Eleven is starting uh, to test out sort of scan and go uh, mobile checkout uh, technology. Uh, Lenovo in in China are following in the footsteps of a uh, a, a bunch of uh, others with a um, uh, a cashierless uh, store. 
uh, Amazon are continuing to do uh, you know different different things as well in the US. So uh, yeah, lots and lots going on in in this space now. Um, you know, Seven Eleven. Um, yeah, they're calling their uh, pilot program Scan and Pay, and what it lets you do is scan your purchases and check out without needing to visit the cashier. Um, so it's it's you know it's tech compared to. Um, so this is the yeah, this is the seven, what Seven Eleven are trialing uh, is much more sort of rudimentary uh, than the Amazon Go store where you basically walk in, you know, scan your phone on the on the way in, so it knows who you are, and you just walk out with whatever you like, uh, and it's gonna and it's gonna bill you afterwards. So it's it's simpler, but also very accessible, very low cost to put something like that into uh, into a store. And uh, yeah, something that, by the sounds of it, they're going to be able to, uh, you know, roll out, uh, you know, re- reasonably, uh, reasonably quickly. And they're, uh, you know, t- talking about plans to uh, uh, to do so potentially, you know, reasonably broadly in uh, uh, 2019. Yes, yeah, I, I know. I know the uh, Tesco Superstore in the UK has had something very, very similar for quite a few years. Mm, so mm. the the big stores have had the the option of of uh, taking out a. a portable barcode scanner as you do your shopping yep uh, do you scan it as you as you pick your stuff off the shelf put it in your trolley yeah and uh, get to the end and just just walk out and it'll, it'll bill you um, mm, mm. so I, I know that's been around for a while in the uk although tesco's apparently earlier this year they, they did open their first completely uh, completely cashierless store where you right. do just walk in and take what you want and walk out um, so i'm not sure how well that's going to go down in the uk uh, because I, I know, I know the the crime rate the crime rate in New Zealand is particularly low, a lot lower than what it is in the UK. So yeah, we'll see how that works out back back home. Yeah, well, you know, of course, uh, you know, all our listeners will know. You know, the, the UK tried to export a lot of their uh, uh, criminals to Australia. Apologies to our Australian listeners. We just, you know. We're, we're probably dragging that one out a bit because it was a couple of hundred years ago now. Um, but anyway, moving <laughs> moving on. Um, so yeah, Lenovo are, are doing something uh, you know down this track as well. Um, Actually, the, the 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 most interesting thing which I found out about that is that Lenovo don't just do laptops. I, I've, I've always known that they, yes, they are a tech company. They make laptops, yep. tablets, etc. But it yep. turns out they've got convenience stores with food and stuff in it which 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 was completely new to me yeah well and 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 that uh, you know tends to be the case in china there's so many things that we don't see the rest of the world but you know the likes of uh, lenovo and alibaba and uh you know um you know a bunch of these other uh, other companies uh, uh you know have have all sorts of things that they actually do in their uh, uh, in their home market. So yeah, it's very curi- curious to uh, uh, to see. But yeah, apparently uh, Lenovo's cashierless uh, convenience stores are uh, you know nothing particularly new uh, in in. In in China, um, because there's already a you know a, bu- a bunch of others that are uh, that are doing that sort of stuff like uh, like Alibaba. So um, yeah, thought 
that was uh, it was you know kind of kind of interesting to hear because you know we we don't always uh, realise what's uh, what's going on uh, in these regards in some uh, some parts of the world, and then there's Amazon who um, have what they call their four star uh, stores, and they've just opened a, a new uh, um, or a couple of new new ones of those, and those those are. Uh, those are more, you know, somewhat more normal uh, types of uh, stores, and the, the one that they've just just opened, uh, I think, in the last um, um, twenty four to forty eight hours, is uh, Berkeley, California, which, um, you know, of course, is, is where uh, the Berkeley University uh, is. Uh, I think just north of uh, San, Fr- San Francisco, uh, but these four star stores sell sell the stuff that um, you know the crowd has given a, a rating of four stars or or more, uh, and I, I, I kind of like that that idea that you know any product that, that hasn't got a got a good uh, a good review. Uh, isn't good enough to get into the store, so they're picking some of their, uh, you know, their best and and uh, and favourite things and putting them uh, in the stores. And of course, this this is alongside um, you know what they're doing with their Amazon Go stores that are uh, that are very much uh, you know automated and cashierless. Yeah, although 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 it would it would make me wonder how how well they're they're discriminating between those that have genuinely earned four stars and those where the companies have paid the uh, the 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 mining firms to keep on rating them. So I know there is a li- little bit of discrepancy over how they how the rating works in Amazon. That's that's true, and you know any of these things seem to still be up, uh, you know, yeah, open to a level of of the system being gamed, and yeah, for certain products you you really want to look for something that's got you know thousands of reviews not tens or, or hundreds because yeah it tends to be at those smaller ends there's a there's a much better chance that they've actually uh you know ga- gamed the system a little bit right yeah um now in the medical world recently we've been hearing um you know around where sort of uh, com- computer um, AI uh, type tools have been used to detect uh, skin cancer, and it's being you know suggested that these are more uh, more accurate now at detecting skin cancer than uh, than than doctors. And yeah, you know, we've talked about the, these types of things on the on the New Zealand Tech podcast in the in the past. How do you feel, sort of confidence wise and Handing over, you know, how much should we be handing over uh, to computers versus what we hand to uh, to, to doctors? It, it is it is de- it is definitely a tricky one. I mean, so so my brain says we should we should trust the technology. Um, I mean, the 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 fact that you could go to a doctor. And, and he might assume it's this or assume it's something else. You go to another doctor, you might get a different 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 result. So mm, mm. Um, at least the technology should be consistent. Um, it should be av- av- available all over the world with us with that amount of data and that amount of infrastructure. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there, there is a part of me that says I'd actually rather a human tell me what's what's wrong with me. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking with a family member. I was in uh, Wellington over the weekend, and, and hearing about her work um, uh, in the hospital down there, and uh, working with um, uh, uh, yeah, fluid that surrounds the brain. And um, you know, when there's a particular uh, issue, sometimes they'll they'll take some of that fluid and uh, and culture it, and uh, you know, basically 
they want to check what's uh, you know what are the organisms that are that are growing in there. Could that be a you know a cause of a particular uh, sickness? And it can happen over a period of time. And yeah, it got me to thinking to well you know um, is 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 there is there an element to that if uh, uh, you know the doctors are able to look at that under a microscope? Is that you know is that something that's in the in the line uh, for a a level of automation you know down down the track? And I guess there will be. Uh, you know, over time, we'll figure out more and more things that we can at least have. Uh, you know, the computer assist assist with. Uh, but part of the concern is what about when it gets it wrong, and how do you how do you address uh, that side when yeah. when when the when the tech hasn't figured it out, and uh, and and something something goes really wrong. You need to be able to catch those, uh, uh, and there might just be a very small percentage of situations, but we need to be able to address those, don't we? Yeah, but I mean, one of the things which which it could be really good for though is 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 helping the good doctors to free up their time because I know they do spend a lot of time doing paperwork or dealing with trivial things that. Yeah, they've they've done years and years of medical school. They've got all of this skill, and they're filling in paperwork and stuff. So, if you could free them up to do just the stuff that they're really good at, um, that, that, that's 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 got to be a good thing all round. Mm, mm, mm. um, now, a couple of gadgets I just want to talk about uh, uh, quickly um, because I haven't had too much time to uh, to look at them yet. They've, they've just arrived. Um, one is uh, the Anki Vector, which is a, a little uh, robot from Anki, and you know we've tried. You know, they, I guess they make they make toys basically, um, but they make you know very much tech enabled and, and artificial intelligence enabled uh, toys. And uh, their 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 latest uh, little robot is the uh, the Anki uh, Vector, and we were playing around with it at home last night, and I can't uh, can't get it sort of fully running at the uh, uh, in the studio at the moment. A because I ran the batteries down and then took it off the uh, uh, charger, um, and B because I haven't linked it onto the the Wi-Fi here, so it does need a, a Wi-Fi connection. Um, but it's a big step up from their previous model in terms of being, you know, Wi-Fi enabled. It can it can uh, talk to you to a degree, um, and yeah, it's kind of fun to uh, kind of fun to to play with. Uh, when we were chatting before we started, you know, you you mentioned you'd seen a video of it online, uh, and we were talking about that aspect of you know how long will the fun last? I guess with something like this, right? Um, and I saw a, uh, I think it was the Verge online sort of talking, uh, referring uh, to it as sort of a uh, you know the the, the the Tamaguchi of the, the the current time, the sort of you know virtual pet type thing. You know, very cute and cute sounds. So we'll have to um, we'll have to fire that up a, another time. Not sure if I've got enough uh, uh, juice left in it for it to make any any noises into the uh, uh, the microphone uh, now. Um, they but they're coming into this is launched in New Zealand at five hundred dollars, so it's not a it's not a low cost toy. Um, but uh, but it is uh, you know I guess uh, a, a little bit of a taste of of where these things will head right because there'll be another generation and another you know twelve months twenty four months we'll end up with bigger uh, r- robots um, and 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 so on um, but we are seeing some uh, some development and uh, yeah just the, the the fact this is internet connected uh, on its own now so you don't have to have uh, necessarily have your uh, 
uh, you know, fire up a smartphone app and so on uh, all the time, uh, you know, gives a little bit of intelligence. It doesn't, does lack though, um, you know, having the sort of full uh, assistant uh, like we might, uh, you know, have uh, if it was linked into, uh, you know, Amazon or, or, or Google uh, assistant. So, um, um, it is. It is. It's. It's quite limited at the moment, but uh, still, still a bit of fun to uh, uh, to, to play around with. Yeah. So it, it it is a bit like a, a Amazon Echo Dot that that can that can get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite smart. But we put it on a glass table last night and was very interested to see, yeah, if it would if it would drive over the edge. But it gets oh, gets us maybe. Uh, um, you know, about an inch over the edge, uh, a couple of centimetres or so, and uh, but it figures it out in a time and then sort of, you know, um, rever- rev- backs up and uh, and so on. So it can explore its area. It's got uh, it's got a camera in there. Uh, you can get access to those photos through the app. App's not super super uh, friendly just yet. I found um, I didn't. Uh, didn't didn't notice that, but I was reading someone else talking about it later, which was saying, "Hey, you know, in the app, if you dig, you will find where the photos are. It takes uh, it get you know gets to know you, and so you can introduce yourself to it by name and uh, whatnot. So um, and and this one does uh, you know does speak, but with a sort of fun robotic accent too. So it, it's rather neat. Yeah. Yeah, so on, on, the, on the subject of, 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 of uh, not falling off the edge of the table, if the edge of your table is beveled, you might have a different problem there with getting, getting, getting jammed. So, <laughs> yeah. so just watch out for the curved edge tables there. Yeah, good call, good call. Um, now, the other gadget that's come in um, is the Nokia 7.1 smartphone. And you know, look, there are, there are uh, you know, so many smartphones you know, constantly uh, being, being launched onto the uh, market. And you know it's getting getting to that point where well it's you know somewhat somewhat uh, difficult to necessarily uh, decide you know what uh, what you should be buying. But really, where um, where my team at Gorilla have found the uh, the, the Nokia's uh, really useful is they they're now tending to run um, Android One, which means you know there, there's there's good access basically to uh, to updates. And so, you know, in terms of keeping a, a good, secure phone, they're also uh, generally pretty, pretty well built, pretty solid, uh, and they've they've kept um, some similarities across their uh, across their uh, their design. I mean, they've got their low end Nokia One, and I haven't really played with that. Um, I've had a you know a quick look at it, and I think that's sort of a, a lot more on the the uh, plasticky end but even from I think the you know the Nokia 2.1 which is a, a $200 smartphone um, you know they tend to be a, a metal edged uh, phone reasonably uh, solid nice nice build um, and so yeah the um, the 7.1 uh, launching into the market I think it's uh, about 700 uh, New, New Zealand dollars so it is more at the, the higher end you've got uh, uh, you know dual cameras on the on the rear um, and you've got a, a notch at the top so it's got a you know a, a bigger sort of edge to edge screen although it doesn't uh, go right down to uh, right down to the um, you know the bottom as as some of them do but uh, you know for for its price point as a you know sort of you know a good solid phone or a work phone um, you know 
probably one worth uh, worth considering, and I think it's nice that uh, that Nokia are uh, you know continuing to offer a range of you know price points and and levels for uh, uh, for different people because they they uh, they really do seem to have. Um, you know, a brand that you know, despite it having sort of almost died for a while, uh, you know, still carries a bit of bit of cachet, and you can have a bit of confidence um, in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it 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 does it does certainly look look like a nice, decent, solidly made made phone. So yeah, but I, I wouldn't feel bad about about putting that out and using it in public. So I haven't tried throwing it across the room yet, though. Well, I think I think maybe maybe now is the time. <laughs> um, look, we 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 probably won't throw this one, and um, um, the the reason being is we're going to be giving this one uh, away on the show the, this month. So um, stay tuned. We're going to be doing a listener uh, survey this month, and uh, we may well have uh, one or two uh, one or two nice uh, giveaways for uh, listeners, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we have the uh, the, the Nokia uh, seven point one um, li- line, lined up there as uh, as as one of those uh, giveaways. So, um, and that's thanks to Spark. Spark have uh, seem to have managed to sort of score the uh, the exclusive with uh, with Nokia in uh, in New Zealand. Uh, and uh, yeah, they've they've got sort of the the sole uh, distribution of the uh, the the Nokia handsets, which of course are uh, you know they're released under the Nokia name, but they're, they're now mo- made um, uh, or, or produced by a company called uh, H- HMD uh, Global. So um, yeah, very um, uh, very very interesting little uh, little handset um, over, overall. And this is um, one of the few ones from Nokia that's got a USB-C uh, connection, um, but they they do you know they do lack the wireless charging we see in some of the other phones. So it's not uh, you know it's not sort of a, a, at that top end with the the super fast uh, uh, chip. It's got a Snapdragon uh, six three six, which is yeah. Is, is is not at the, the, the top of the range, but it's uh, you know it's probably good enough for uh, um, you know for, for for many many uses, uh, and it's you know not not at the bottom of the stack either. But what, what, what one of the important things which he has got though is a headphone jack, so it, yes. is, it is nice to see <laughs> that there. Yeah, and and uh, you know being being Android one, that means uh, you know ac- access to all the, uh, uh, the 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 software updates to keep it uh, to keep it secure. Um and yeah, this one this one we've only only just got, so I haven't uh, haven't actually had a had a uh, a look yet to see uh, what whether there's any uh, immediate updates for it. it. Does come with Android eight point one, so um yeah, not not quite the uh, the very uh, the very uh, latest there with an- Android nine, but um, we'll we'll certainly be seeing. Uh, um, you know, security updates and uh, and things like that uh, uh, coming coming through uh, pretty soon. I hope the moment this one's on security patch from first of September, so um, it's it's still um, still a couple of couple of months behind there. But uh, uh, yeah, generally we see Nokia put their up, up or make the updates uh, uh, available. Well, uh, Google make those updates available pretty quickly. Now I wanted to drill into uh, to what you've been up to in this world of sort of retro tech. It was um, 
uh, you know, I guess a bit of a surprise, Spencer, to uh, uh, you know to, to find to find you uh, um, at Maker Fair with all this uh, this old uh, old technology, and you've come up with um, with a with a um, a product based on the uh, the old Z80 chip. And look, I remember this from the the ZX Spectrum as a as a child. Uh, here in New Zealand, we also had a, a product that didn't make it to too many parts of the world, uh, which was um, Sega's. Uh, first or virtually first and only uh, um, uh, personal computer that they they also sold in a in a form without a keyboard that could just be used as a uh, as their first uh, console. You could plug cartridges in for cartridge games. Uh, that was based on the the Z80 chip, Zilog Z80. Of course, Zilog's not really a name we uh, we hear about. It's sort of, you know, in, in, Intel and uh, Qualcomm and, and and so on no, no, these no, days. They, they, they are still going. What they 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 were bought out uh, a few years ago, but they still sell the Z80 under the Zilog brand. So, yep. it is, so it is, who owns them now? Do you know? You could ask me another question another time, but yeah, off, off the top top of my head, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so the Z80 chip. This, I mean, our chips today are uh, you know we 64 bit processors, but before 64, we had 32 bit processors. Before that, we had 16, and uh, way way back when we had 8 bit processors, which is what the the Z80 uh, was. So your interest in this is was this the technology that you sort of got to play with as a as a youngster? Is that sort of what what yeah, started? Well, that interest. I, I grew up in the in the uh, Sinclair ZX Spectrum ZX81 kind of era. Uh, so yeah, my, my first computer was a Z80 machine. Um, as 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 things went on, I always ended up getting the latest computer, and then you realise that yeah, I've got this super duper fancy Pentium Pro whatever. But you've kind of still got a hankering back for the early days when things were a lot more simple. Yeah, yeah. So now you, you, you've done this thing called RC2014, uh, and, and you're, you're selling this, uh, this kit. Um, what's, what's that all about? Yeah, so this is, this is a kit of all, of all the parts, all the chips, all the PCBs that you need to build your own computer from scratch. Um, it is a but bit of, not a modern fast computer, right? This oh, no, is, this is no. real retro. No, this this is absolutely cutting edge, as long as it's still 1979. <laughs> um, it, it is that kind of rite of passage that you should build your own computer from scratch, and, and you would have done back in back in the late seventies, early eighties, if you wanted a computer way back when. Yes, you would have to actually build it yourself, solder it all together, um, and then at the end of the day, you've got something that runs basic. So yeah, the the kit that I sell is exactly that. Yeah, that's great. So um, so it's got a Z80 chip on it. It's got the other bits and pieces, uh, and depending on what you add on, you can hook it up to an HDMI, uh, you know, monitor and a keyboard, and um, you, you, yeah. you you're able to you know run uh, run some of those old uh, old programs. Yeah. So the, the computer itself. It uh, natively uses serial as, it, as its protocol, yeah. so you can plug in an FTDI cable into your laptop and run a terminal emulator on there, um, or else you can use a, a, a Pi Zero to give you your HDMI out of it as well. Um, right, so that was how, yeah, because the one you had on on display was uh, was was maybe hooked into uh, the, the Raspberry Pi to... Uh, yeah, um, yes, no, yeah. The, the, the Raspberry Pi effectively was working, working the same job as what the old-fashioned teletype terminals would have done 
back in the 70s. So, yeah, they, they just take the serial output and print it out, and then the keyboard sends out a serial input into the machine. So, yeah, the, the Pi Zero was doing, doing that job. Mm, mm. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of fun. And, um, you know, look, looking back on, um, you know, on, on those days, you, you, know, you used, to, uh, used to use the ZX Spectrum 2, and you came up with a, an interesting product for those that have, have still got one of these old uh, uh, Spectrums floating around. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many people do. Uh, somebody gave me an old ZX80 or ZX81 uh, a while ago that I've got at home, um, but I haven't seen a... Um, the the ZX Spectrum, other than sort of in a computer mu- museum uh, anywhere for a while, uh, but you've come up with something for that as well. Yeah, so th- th- there, w- there was one major major drawback to to the old machines back in the day, and that was using cassette tape to load your games, yeah, which could take up, up to fifteen minutes to load it. So the the first product I made was the ZX Spectrum, which was a ROM based game system for the Spectrum. So you literally plug in the ROM, put the power on, and that's it. Your game is there, ready to go straight away, without without messing about with tapes and getting the volume just right and all all that sort of malarkey. Yep, yep. So yeah, really, really good way to be able to get a uh, you know get your hands on some old tech. Of course, the the other approach, which is 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 kind of cheating, really, is. Uh, uh, as emulators, because you can you can basically fire up just about any old computer from uh, uh, you know years gone by, uh, you know either through a, 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 a web based emulator or something that you can install on your on your modern machine. And of course, because computers have got faster and faster, um, it's actually you know not that difficult to uh, uh, to do. So you can uh, yeah you can really really go back in time, can't you? That way, yeah, it, it is it is it is very very easy. To 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 run the old games in an emulator, but you do lack uh, some of the nuances that you would have had back then. So yeah, obviously each computer used to have its own personal keyboard and things. So um, a modern PC keyboard doesn't necessarily match exactly the layout that you would have had on an old. 80s or 90s machine so and, and the feel of those keys you used used a uh, um, a, a good description to de- de- describe those old keys oh on the on the uh, Sinclair Spectrum the the dead flesh keyboard the dead flesh yes that, those those rubbery keys that <laughs> got a kind of yeah it, it, it is it was a, a dead flesh feel to it <laughs> interesting well good stuff well um, now if anyone wants to uh, uh, wants to learn a little bit more about what you're doing um, you're you're on Twitter what's the best way to, what's your Twitter handle yeah the, the Twitter handle is at ZX Spectrom that's uh, ZX S-P-E-C-T-R-O-M um, I sell the uh, the kit that I make through the Tindy website so that's www.tindy.com uh, and there's more information about the RC2014 on www.rc2014.co.uk Excellent, excellent. Oh, that's that's very cool. Um, I hope uh, there'll be one or one or two listeners who that's uh, uh, you know spark some good memories for them, and uh, they'll be uh, jumping in to have a bit of a, a, a you know play around with some of that old tech. Yes, yes. And so if, if there are if there are already listeners out there which which are interested in look in, in buying a, an RC twenty fourteen, uh, if they use the discount coupon 
NZ Tech Podcast, they could get 10% discount off of there, uh, although that won't come into effect until I'm back in the UK in October. All right. Oh, that's, that's very nice. And um, for people who happen to be uh, listening to this, uh, you know, quite quickly after it's been released or, or have listened live uh, for any uh, Facebook um, uh, streaming, uh, there's a meetup happening in Auckland where where you will be on uh, Wednesday the uh, the seventh of November. Just uh, fill us in on on that before we wrap up. Yeah, so that, that's that's a meeting of either either people that have already got an RC twenty fourteen or they're interested in finding out more or they've got an interest in hobby electronics or retro computers. Uh, we're going to be at the uh, the blue on the key in Auckland from about 7.30 Wednesday the 7th. Excellent, excellent. Oh, good stuff. Well, thank you, Spence, for joining the show. That's right. Thanks thanks for the uh, invitation. And thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening in. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. We've got uh, more great guests coming up uh, throughout the rest of, uh, of November uh, and into December. So we'll look forward to catching you again uh, soon. All right. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.